Somebody grab your Bible. If you have your Bible in your hand, stand to your feet. We're going to go first to Romans chapter number 12. Romans chapter number 12, verse number 6. And I don't know why I was so bold enough to come out here without my glasses. Mikey, Pastor Adam, can you grab my glasses off my desk there in my case? Good Lord. Glory to God. Maybe I get a healing this morning. Hallelujah. Uh, do it for you too. I don't know, but they're so fashionable. I'm, you talk, put a strap on them. <laughs> Amen. Leviticus chapter number five. For our first time, is this how we do here? It's just a conversation. Amen. All standing, if you would. Everyone standing to your feet. Hallelujah. You have strength in your body, movement in your legs. The Lord has blessed you with movement in your legs. You ought to be standing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Leviticus chapter number 5, verse number 7. If you're still looking for it, say, I'm looking. Everybody got it. Maybe you're waiting. You're waiting. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, sir. Pockets already full. <laughs> we make our faith declaration on this morning. Love you, Mike. <laughs> All right, <sir. laughs> Hallelujah. Repeat after me. Today I'll be taught the word of God. My spirit is ready. And my mind is sharp. I believe the word. The word is truth. It is without error. I believe what the word says. I can have what it says I can have. I can do what it says I can do. I can be what it says I can be. I believe what the word says about me. I am redeemed. I'm the righteous of God in Christ Jesus. I am healed. No sickness nor disease shall come near my home. I'm more than a conqueror. I am rich. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Shout that again. Wealth and riches shall be in my house. Turn to your neighbor, prophesy with them, say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. I think your neighbor jealous. Talk to somebody else. Say, wealth and riches shall be in your house. I'm feeling a godly jealousy in this place. Turn to me and say, wealth and riches shall be in apostles' house. Shout it again. Wealth and riches shall be in apostles' house. Shout, I'm blessed to be a blessing. My house is blessed. My marriage is blessed. My children are blessed. My church is blessed. Shout, I'm blessed. Now shout again, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father, for the blessings you have bestowed upon us. Mm. I feel your glory in this place, God. I felt a great expectation, a level of expectation heightening in the place, rising. A level of expectation rising. 
Someone came here with a deep desire for more. More. Been in a barren season, dry, thirsty, asking God, where are you? Came here wanting more. God, I need more. Got to have more. Thank you, Holy Ghost. Got to have more. Tired of church as usual. Got to have more. Thank you, Father. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Got to have more. Always hot, but yet wondering God when. Always wondering God when. Always wondering God when. I hear the Lord say he has not forsaken nor forgotten. He has not forsaken nor has he forgotten. You're the apple of his eye. He's bringing about a healing and a restoration. Healing in your heart from the brokenness. But he's taking all the broken pieces and molding something beautiful. He's taking all that you have endured to be a test and a testimony to those who you are encountering. Ah, thank you, Lord. I don't know. I hear a Janus in my spirit. Thank you, Lord. Janus, Janus. Thank you, Father. God, we bless you. God, we thank you. God is restoring the relationship between you and thee. Father, we bless you. God, we thank you. God, we give you glory. There's a healing taking place in someone's left knee. Your left knee. There's a There's a contusion on your left knee. A contusion. It's a severe uh, bruising of the tissue. There's a contusion. And the Lord is healing you right now on your left knee. If you receive it, just pick it up and put it down. Just pick it up and put it down. Father, we thank you. God, we give you glory. And God, we give you praise. If that's you this morning, you're receiving your healing, just lift your hands in the air. Father, we thank you for that healing now. In the name of Jesus. Father, I declare today it is so and it is settled. Not only are they healed, but they're made whole now. In the name of Jesus. Never to suffer no more. In Jesus' mighty name. For throughout the grace given unto me, I say to you and to everyone among you, not to think more highly of himself than he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. For just as we have many members in one body and all members do not have the same function. So we, who are many, are one body in Christ and individually members one of another. Since we have gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, each of us is to exercise them accordingly. Exercise them accordingly. If prophecy, according to proportion of his faith, if service in his serving, hallelujah, 
Why are you taking the baby out? She'll be all right. Let her shout. She's exercising her lungs. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory. See that? She mad because you're taking her out. <laughs> Glory to God. If service in serving or he who teaches in his teaching or he who exhorts in his exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leads with diligence, he who sows mercy or shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love <laughs> be without hypocrisy. Arbor what is evil. Cling to what is good. Verse number 10. Be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Give preference to one another in honor. Not lagging behind in diligence. Fervent in the spirit. Serving the Lord. Rejoicing in hope. Persevering in tribulation. Devoted to prayer. Contributing to the needs of the saints. Practicing hospitality. Thank you, Father. Jump over to our next text. Anyone who cannot afford a lamb, Leviticus, is to bring two doves or two young pigeons to the Lord as a penalty for their sin. One for the sin offering and the other for the burnt offering. Let us pray. Father, we thank you, Lord God, for your amazing love. God, we bless you and we thank you. It's in Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Somebody shout amen. Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise on the way to your seat. Amen. Thank you, Craig. I'll give you an offering after service. Craig gave me a rousing pause. There's always a sacrifice to be made. In all things, it's always going to cost you something. There is always a sacrifice to be made. God gives us in Leviticus the means of which we are to give. He says, if you cannot afford a lamb, then bring a dove. He gives us this process because he knows that he has given you something to give, and whatever measure that is, he expects a portion. Because God has given us all things, he only requires a portion of those things. So he says, in what you have and what you have been apportioned, then there ought to be something that you can make a sacrifice of. of. And we started the sermon series, and I really should have started at this point, but I don't know why the Lord had me wait till now to tell you the whole premise about this whole idea of what we're doing as we're approaching our 10-year anniversary. So what the Lord has done is, is every month we have been highlighting businesses Uh, that are part of Elevate Church, and as we're highlighting them, we're allowing them to sell their goods and services in the foyer after church. Um, And so we've been promoting them, highlighting them. And so God has been giving messages that has been tailored around their businesses. And on this month, as we close out this month, we have been highlighting Erica Press, which is a publishing company, a book publishing company. Amen. And one of her books is uh, entitled The Prodigal Daughter. And another, um, 
she talks about um, in that book about the poetry that she writes and all of those things. So God gave me this message, poetic justice, poetic justice. And so as we've been dealing with this this month, poetic justice, we have been dealing with several things in accordance to what the Lord has been dealing with. And today's topic is my father's house. Somebody shout my father's house. There were two young men. One was named Lie and the other was named Truth. And one day Lie and Truth decided to go take a swim. And so they got to the pool. Lie looked at Truth and said, I tell you what, let's go skinny dipping. Let's take off all our clothes and let's go skinny dipping. And Truth begrudgingly said, yes, okay, let's do it. Take off their clothes. They jump in the water. They're swimming around. Lie looks over at Truth and he says to Truth, he says, let's see who can hold their breath the longest. So Truth said, okay. So they go underwater and they're holding their breath and Several seconds pass by. Truth is feeling like he's winning. So he's holding on, holding on even the longer. Lie jumps out of the pool, puts on his clothes, grabs Truth's clothes, and runs to the house. Truth, feeling that he has won and has the victory, he jumps out of the water and yells, I won! And he looks around and he can't find Lie. And much to his surprise, he can't find his clothes either. So Truth grabs some leaves and he runs over to Lie's house, bangs on the door and says, Lie, I know you in there. Lie says, no, I'm not. Truth says, I know you're in there. I can hear your voice, Lie. It's not me. Truth looks through the peephole and he says, I see you, Truth. Me, Lie, I see you. Lie says, it's not me. He says, "I, I see you and you're dressed up in my clothes. Come and give me my clothes. Lie opens the door and says, these are not your clothes, they're mine. So they began to argue, bicker, and fuss. The argument grew so large that it went out into the street. Neighbors began to gather around them, and they're listening to lie and truth argue back and forth. One of the neighbors decide to call the police. The cop shows up, and he hears this argument. He stands in between them, and, and Truth says, hey, listen, Lie stole my clothes. Lie says, no, I didn't. They belong to me. Truth says, no, those are my clothes. Lie says, no, they belong to me. Truth says, no, that's my size, my clothes. They belong to me. Lie says, no, they don't. And the officer is confused and baffled at this point. Then someone from the crowd stands up and they yells, hey, officer, what are you going to do? Are you going to believe the naked truth or are you going to believe a dressed up lie? And so many of us have bought into the dressed up Some of us are buying in into the lie that the devil has dressed up and made it look good, sound good. You done shouted on it. You done gave on it. You done prayed on it. You done fast on it. And it's just a big dressed up lie. So here it is. It's where I should have begun, but I didn't, but I'm here now. Uh, there's this thing in the church, in the church world, where they say that church and business should not mix. Dressed up lie. Well, I'm going to break some things on today. That the church should not be involved in business. <laughs> oh, Lord, I feel it already. 
And so it has been a dressed up lie that we have bought into according to the scripture that says Jesus goes into the temple and he turns over the table because he's angry because they're doing business. But there's an other side to the story that you have to hear on today. There's more to the story than what you read in the text. There's a cultural confines that takes place in the text. There's something happening bigger than what you read. There's a cultural aspect of it. There is a literary aspect of it. There's a way to do business. And here it is in in this text, as we're going to see in a second, we're going to see how Jesus really um, is not angry because of the money changers in the temple. He is not really mad and turning over the tables because they're doing business. But he's mad because of the way they're doing business. So when we read the text, here's the believer's views. I gave you that last week and I'm going to give it to you this week. The believer view is what he did, what Jesus did. We, We see what he did. He went in angrily with the whip beating folk and turning over tables. Jesus was gangster, y'all. He was gangster. He went in and turned. He turned his mother out. Okay, I'll, I'll stay here. And, and so uh, we, we look at what Jesus did. Uh, we look at how he did it. He, he, the Bible says he was angry. He turned over tables. and He's knocking stuff down. He's tearing stuff up. But the bigger part of it is why he did it. Why he did it. The why is always bigger than the what and the how. Always bigger. So Matthew chapter number 21, verse number 9. Turn there with me rather quickly. Oh, again, y'all going to wait for me to put it on the screen. Hallelujah. I hope the weight don't get too weighty for you. Uh, Verse number 9, it says, And the multitude that went before and that followed Christ, saying, Hosanna to the son of David. Blessed he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And when he was come into Jerusalem and all the city was moved, saying, Who is this? And the multitude said, This is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth of Galilee. Can I tell you something today? People's view of you will change, but that doesn't mean you should. One moment they're shouting Hosanna to the highest. They're giving him a high praise. They're giving him an exaltation. And then it goes from Jesus being this high praise person now to just the prophet. Now They were seeing him as the son of David, which means he has to be at least in the lineage and the line of David. So therefore he is royalty. And, 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 of course, we know David was king and priest, so not only is he royalty, but he's a priest. But they diminish and reduces him down to just a prophet. Now, I'm not diminishing the title of a prophet, but you go from a king and a priest to a prophet. So what people see you as or think of you as, they can think all they want, but don't change who you are. Because you know how it is. People are going to subscribe all kind of titles to you. And they're going to base it upon what you've done, where you were, who you are, what family you come from. Baby, I'm all me all by myself. 
Yeah, I come from a jacked up family, but I broke the curse. (laughs) I'm a curse breaker. Yeah, I came from poverty, but I'm breaking the curse. Yeah, I come from a family of alcoholics and and drug addicts and, and liars and thieves, but that ain't me. The curse has been broken. So I don't care what you think about me. I know who I am. Hallelujah. So don't let people's views of you change who you are. So Hosanna is a statement or exclamation of praise. It's a cry of praise, an adoration unto God. Hosanna also means, watch this, pray, save us. So they saw him as a savior, but they reduced him down to a prophet. One minute they shout, no, we need you to save us. The other minute we need you to prophesy to us. So, so don't let that change who you are. And the multitude said, this is Jesus, the prophet of Nazareth. And Jesus went to the temple of God and he cast out all of them that sold and bought in the temple. Now, see, we, we have reduced this text down to just the people who were doing business. But he just kicked them out. He kicked the buyers out, too. So what is taking place is, is that they're going into the temple to make a sacrifice. This is where we correct things right here. Um, And what they were doing was they were selling doves and pigeons in the vestibule of the sanctuary. And there wasn't nothing wrong with them selling it, but they were doing what they were called usury. They were charging more than they usually would charge. They were cheating the people. They were holding their thumb on the scale in their favor. They were selling things for a higher price than they ought to sell it. They were scamming folks. Y'all quiet up in here. They weren't doing business as Christians, y'all. And so Jesus is angry. He's mad because, you know, here it is. You're overcharging people because, okay, get this understanding. They're going to make a sacrifice. They had to bring something to God. So that means I got to buy it from somewhere. We read in Leviticus, when you go to sacrifice to the Lord, you have to sacrifice something. Well, I show up, I ain't got nothing. Well, there's a vending machine. There's an ATM. Okay, I ain't saying we're going to put an ATM in the foyer. But, but, but what he, what, what's happening is they set up a method of which they can sell sacrifices in the vestibule so that the people will have something to sacrifice to God, but they were overcharging folk. They were overtaxing people. And Jesus is angry. He's not mad that they're selling because they needed something. He's mad because the way the people were doing business, it wasn't kingdom business. It wasn't people of integrity and character and good morals. So Jesus is mad at the sellers and the buyers. And he overthrew the tables and the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. He threw them all out. And they said unto them and said unto them, It is written, my house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it into a den of, see, they were thieves. That's why he's mad, because they're doing bad business. 
is the why of which he's angry is because he, they turned it into a den of thieves. Nobody's praying on how to do good business. Nobody is praying, asking God, which one shall I? Y'all quiet up in here. Uh, nobody's praying, Lord, how should I transact business in a godly way? Nobody's praying, Lord, take me to the right one to exchange and do business with. God want to be that involved in your life. Some of y'all are shopping at stores you shouldn't be shopping at. Oh, God. You doing business with people you ought not be doing business with because you didn't pray first. And you're wondering why the business relationship is strained. You're wondering why you're having turmoil and issues because you ain't pray first. So he's kicking everybody out. You didn't pray to first before you went and bought that dove. What if I wanted you to buy a pigeon? You didn't pray first. And, and Jesus said, my house should be a house of prayer that I want you to pray without ceasing. I want you to pray even when you do business. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple. Watch this. And he healed them. And when the chief priests and the scribes saw the wonderful things that he did and the children crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna, eat the children know who he is. Good God Almighty. Hosanna to the son of David. They were sore displeased and said unto them, hearest thou what these say? And Jesus said unto them, yea, have ye never read out of the mouth of babes and suckling thou hast perfected praise? And he left them and went out to the city, into Bethany, and he lodged there. Hear this. There are ways to conduct business. Number one, you have to conduct business in humility. Oh, Lord, what this got to do with salvation? I'm going to get to that in a second. You got to conduct business with humility. And I'm just not talking about your business where you're selling goods and products. All your life is a, your whole life is a business. You are an entity. Your life is an LLC. <laughs> Living long in Christ. Good God Almighty. Ah! Ah! And, and you, you, your life is a business, so you should conduct your life in humility. Because as you're conducting your life in humility, God will exalt those who are humble. But the prideful, he will pull down. You got to conduct with humility. Despise not small beginnings. Got to be humble. And when he blow you up, stay humble. Stay humble. Because just like he pulled you up, he'll pull you down. Got to stay humble. In all that you do, your whole life is a business. How you interact and engage with people, that's business. Because watch this, every relationship is transactional. When I meet you, there's a transaction taking place. I'm giving you what's on me and you giving me what's on you to me. There's a transaction. There's a joy that comes when you come into my, that's transactional. I'm exchanging. There's an exchange taking place with every relationship you have. It's business. So you got to stay humble. Tell your neighbor, stay humble. Don't let your head get so big to where it has, watch this, the Bible says your gift will make room for you. But don't let your head get too big that it pushes you off the room. 
stay tell your neighbor again, stay humble. Uh, you got to be diligent and avoid laziness. You got to be diligent and avoid laziness. So what am I saying this in, in terms of your own life? You got to be diligent. Don't be slothful. Don't be lazy with your life. We're doing business. I says every day you get up, you get up with a purpose. Every day you get up, you should be fulfilling that purpose. There's just no wasted days, or there ought not to be any just wasted days. Oh, I think I'm just going to sleep in the day and just, ah, that's good. You need rest. But what are you resting for? To get up and do nothing else again? You're well rested now, but you still ain't doing nothing. There were no wasted days in the kingdom of God. Every day is a purposeful day. What am I going to do? I'm going to get rested up. So now I I won three souls yesterday. Tomorrow I'm winning 10. I'm well rested. I read the Bible two chapters today. I'm rested now. I'm going to read five tomorrow. What's the purpose of your rest? Got to be diligent. Got to operate with integrity. I know y'all don't like that. But in business and life, you have to have integrity got to be integral and watch this lastly i say again do business with the purpose do business with the purpose i'm going to relate that to uh business wise first and then to your personal life do business with purpose if you're a business owner in this place you should do business with the purpose what is the purpose of your business is to sell good and products is to make money if that's your purpose then you're doing it for the wrong reason Every business as a Christian should be to bring God glory. That's the purpose. People should walk out of your establishment like, man, there's something different about this, this business. Something different about them. It's this, there's something different. I can't put my finger on it, but there's something different about them. They come back and they say, what's, what's, what is it? Is it? Is it in the fabric? Is it in the cake mix? What's so different about you? Jesus. So you should conduct business with a purpose. And that purpose should be to glorify God and to advance the kingdom of God with purpose. With your own life, every day you wake up, you wake up with that purpose. Purpose Purpose-driven life, we know that book has sold millions and millions of copies. But the whole premise of it was, what is the purpose of life? And that's for me to glorify God. If you're trying to figure out your purpose even now at this point, let me give it to you right now to glorify God. That's it. Your your search is over with. Stop seeking. There it is. What's my purpose in life? I don't know why I'm here. Glorify God. That's it. That's it. Stop getting a horoscope and all of that. Sin, Sister Eve. Uh, What's my life? Why was I born? Glorify God. That's why you were born. Bottom line. That's it. That's your purpose. Somebody shout, that's my purpose. That's that's your sole purpose. And here it is. And he called uh, 10 of... uh, and he called ten of his slaves and gave them ten minas and said to them, do business with this until I come back. Look what the scripture says. I believe we're in Mark right now. He says, he says this, do business. One translation says, do business and occupy until I come back. Do business and occupy. Now, if he didn't want us doing business then why would he tell us to do business and occupy till he come? 
And watch, most of you are those who say that church and business should not interact. The most, most of the people who say that are the ones who are not supporting the church anyway. For the ones who say, oh, yeah, they shouldn't have no business. They shouldn't be doing business. That You ain't supporting. So why are you talking? And most of the ones who say that aren't really Christians anyway. Amen. God wants us to do business. Matter of fact, he wants us to own all of the business. That's really God's intent. He, he wants us to have dominion. There is no domain that he does not want us to have dominion over. When you go to the hospital, wouldn't it be amazing if the, doc, the doctor, before he put that knife on your belly, Father, now in the name of Jesus, guide my hands, Holy Spirit, take over, lead me, guide me. Just imagine you go into the bank and they praying over your money. <laughs> they praying that you prosper and you do well. You go to the bank teller and they say, can I pray with you before you make this deposit? You in the school and the teachers are praying over your kids. The bus driver, when they pick up your kids, hey, before you get on, we're going to pray first that the Lord protect this bus, angels encamp around it. So I need everybody on the bus to bow your head. Just imagine every domain, every entity is owned by believers. Hallelujah. Your clothes are blessed. They praying over the fabric while they're making your clothes. God wants the world to be owned by the kingdom of God so that the world can see that people of God operate in kingdom integrity. Everything. And God wants us to do business like that. And he tells them, he says, do business and occupy until I come. I want you to occupy in every area of your life. I want you to do business in every area. When you go to work, occupy. Take dominion. You go there like a slave, but you're working and thinking like a boss. Uh, Y'all catch that on the way home. And so he, he wants us to do business and to occupy. Somebody shout occupy. Oh, okay, let's, let's go. I got a couple more things and I'm done. I got to get out your way. Y'all with me so far? Okay, all right, all right. Here we go. So we're talking about my father's house. Talking about my father's house, right? That's last week. Quote. Everything attached to your life should glorify God. Everything attached to your life should glorify God. Everything attached to your life should glorify God. I'm going to say that until you get it. Everything attached to your life should glorify God. Somebody shout everything. Lean over your neighbor and say everything. Tell your neighbor you're now attached to me. Hallelujah. Because God wants us to have kingdom business that will not only bless our lives, but will bless the lives of others. Somebody shout everything again. 
So in God's house, God's house is made of, uh, he says, Jesus, go and I go to prepare a place for you. Because in my father's house is many mansions, many mansions, many mansions. In other words, God's house is made of millionaires. Hallelujah. I'm not trying to pump and prime you, but I don't know no poor folk that live in, in mansions. Hallelujah. So what God has to do in this season, he has to accelerate the transfer, the wealth transfer from the wicked into the hands of the righteous. He has to accelerate the transfer from the wealth of the wicked into the hands of the righteous. Why? So we can start doing business rightly. The reason why folk have such an issue with church folk is because we do business like they do business. We scam and hook and crook. We move the decimal over a couple places, left or right, how it benefits us. So, so we do business just like the world. And the church like, well, I don't want to deal with them crooks. I can deal with some crooks who I know are crooks. At least I know who I'm dealing with. So the only way that we're going to begin to move the needle, the needle forward and advance the kingdom, watch this, is for us to do business the way God wants us to do business. It's the only way. That's how your business is going to blow up. Because they're going to want, prefer to do business with you than somebody else. They're going to get their product on time. They're going to get it just the way they ordered it. Y'all quiet up in here. It, it, matter of fact, it's going to come a day early than was promised. It's going to be under promise, over delivered. Y'all understand that? <laughs> I'm going to tell you, you're going to get less, but I'm going to give you more. Because that's what God will do. He will take your little and multiply it into much. So watch as a business owner. Instead of me giving you one scoop, I'm Hallelujah. So it's important for us to do so. So as we're doing business the way God, you can play softly, sir, because I'm coming to a close. Uh, the way the kingdom of God is going to advance is to have kingdom people in place. The way the world is going to advance is to have kingdom people leading the way. Matter of fact, the scripture tells us that when the righteous are in rule, the city rejoices. So... Uh, this is supposed to be a season of rejoicing. But the problem is we can't rejoice because the wicked is in rule. That's why there's murder and mayhem because the wicked is in rule. I'm just going to submit this right now. Early election has started. Before you go into that booth, pray. I don't even want you to vote your consciousness. Vote your convictions. I don't want you to vote your candidacy party. Vote your convictions. Oh, I'm a Democrat and I'm going to vote Democrat. The devil is a lie. I'm a Republican. I'm a, I don't care who he is, who she is, but they part of my party. The devil is a lie. 
I don't care what you are. If you ain't for God, I ain't for you. Because we need righteous people in rule. Go back and do your research. Look how they voted. Look at their religious stance. Ask them. Go, you can call them up. They got their numbers public. Call them up and say, what's your stance on this? What church you go to? <laughs> do you serve or you just attend? Who you, yeah, who your pastor is. How long you been saved? Have you been baptized? Or you filled with the Holy Ghost? Do you tithe? Do you attend Bible study? Do you teach Bible study? Do you pick up people for church? Do you have an outreach? Do you serve? I mean, ask those questions. Because if you don't, then they're going to get into office and they're going to be complaining because they're in office. Oh, why they took all the money out of our schools and now our kids got to be bus across school because you didn't pray about who to vote for. Because our father's house is a house of prayer. It's time to pray. Bow your heads with me all over this place. People for 1115 are already coming in. I'm glad you're here. So you can pray for these, those who have heard this word, that God will seal it in their hearts. Pray for them. Because you're going to get what they got in a moment. And our intercessor will be praying for you. Father, now in the name of Jesus. Father, as we exit your house. Father, let not your presence exit from us. Let not this word fall on fallow ground. But let it fall on good ground taking root, taking, taking root up in their lives to manifest the harvest. Father, we bless this word now. I pray, God, that we'll manifest in its fullness in their lives. Send Jesus, my name, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ and the pardon of your sins, maybe you have, you're backslidden. Today is the day to come back to him. Today is the day. Maybe you had a good relationship with him, but now it's strained. You're asking and wondering, God, where are you? He's here in this place to receive you back home. If you're here today, you want to make that decision to make Jesus the Savior and the Lord of your life. I'm going to pray in a moment, after which I want you to make that decision. You're backslidden, done some things wrong, but today you want to get it right. You know what you did. More importantly, God knows person next to you wasn't with you last night they're not thinking the thoughts you're thinking but God is and he was today is the day to get it right father now in the name of Jesus your word has declared none come unless the spirit of God draws them draw those who need to be drawn pull them in into your saving grace and your knowledge now in the name of Jesus father we bless you God we thank you God we give you the glory for what you're about to do in the lives of your people do it now father in Jesus name if that's you today you're making that decision to make Jesus the Lord of your life you're coming back getting it right with him if that's you today just slip your hand in the air if that's you saints are praying saints are praying if that's you today to make that decision just slip your hand in there father we thank you God we give you the glory and God we give you the praise if you don't have a church home and you're here today just visiting. You can't curious. You heard about us. Now it's time to get connected. If you're here today and don't have a church, maybe you're in transitioning from one church to the next. Well, that transition ends today. If that's you to make a decision to be a part of Elevate Church, would you lift your hand in there? Father, we thank you. 
God, we bless you. And God, we give you the glory. It's in Jesus' mighty name we do pray. Somebody shout amen. amen. Come on, give the Lord a hand clap of praise if you would. Amen. Hallelujah. For all of our first-time guests, second-time and reoccurring guests, except for those who are here for the 1115 service, amen, they already started coming in. I will be out here, uh, my left, your right, through those doors to meet you, greet you, shake your hand. I would ask that everyone, uh, except for those who would like to go and support Sister Erica in the foyer, to buy one of her books in the foyer. You can exit out the rear of the sanctuary. Everyone else to my left and my right, you can exit out of this door. And for those who are on my right, your left, you can exit out of this door. And for those who would like to support her, uh, can exit out of the rear of the sanctuary. Uh, we speak God's blessings over your life. Pastor Adams, if you would close us out in prayer. Hallelujah. Lord, we just thank you, Father God, for the wonderful message, Father God, that you downloaded into our spirit, into our hearts, Father God. And we thank you, Father God, as we give you glory and honor, Father God. We thank you, Father God, that we not leaving here the same, Father God, that when people see us, they see the glory of you upon our lives, Father God. It's because of you, not us, Father God. And it's nothing that we could ever do, Father God, in our own strength and power, Father God. But we desire the ability and the strength of you, Father God, continually perfecting us, Father God. And Lord, we give you glory and honor. In Jesus' name, let us all say amen. Amen. You may be blessed. You're blessed. You may be dismissed.